Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode of White Wine Question Time was recorded during the coronavirus outbreak and the interview is conducted by phone in accordance with government advice to stay home and stop new infections. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that normally brings together well-known friends to talk through three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. Only... We're on day nine, for me anyway, of self-isolation and day two officially in the country of lockdown. So I'm going to be calling up this week's guest for a bit of a catch-up to find out how she's staying safe, staying sane and recovering what she believes to be from COVID-19. She's an old friend of mine who you will probably first have met back in the mid-90s on Hollyoaks as Ruth Osborne. She's also starred in Grange Hill as a teacher, presented 60 Minute Makeover, which I'm jealous of because I love that show. She was a fellow loose woman and has recently carved out the second phase of her career as a producer, first with stage productions, but now with her first feature film, which was due for release any time now. However, that I'm sure will come later in the year and we'll talk about that. But more important than all of that, she's a mum of two to Caden and Kylan. And he's married to Sean, and she's at home now. She's got her headphones on. Let's see if Terry Dwyer is ready to take my call. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, love. How are you? I'm okay. Yes, sitting in my closet. You are in your closet, <laughs> Terry. When you take when you just text and said that, so you're doing what? When I'm doing voiceovers, I've just found that this is the best acoustic place in the house because it's probably the smallest room, it's carpeted. So 
actually, vocally, it's the best place to be. That's why I sat in here. <laughs> and you've seen what I'm doing. I'm sat here wearing game, gaming headphones. And I've got a sound yeah. desk rigged up to a garden chair and a microphone <laughs> covered in cushions. Well, um, who said this wasn't glamorous, eh? Darling, like, you I, tell me, yeah. how are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. I just, the problem is, Kate, I, I, I don't really know how to feel because I've been very poorly. But because I haven't been hospitalised, they, of course, they're not going to, you know, waste the test on me when the frontline people need the test. And I completely get it. But I, I think I've got immun- immunity. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, and then I read an article just while I was, we were waiting to start. It said that actually COVID can stay inside you for a lot longer than they thought. So now, I, do I hug my children? Do I not? I mean, I, I came out of my bedroom yesterday because it was homeschooling day one. And I, I feel like I've neglected the boys. As you know, you know what it's, you know what it's like being a mum. They're, yeah. they're our priority, aren't they? And, How old are they? And I, the I, well, I've got a similar age to you, I think. My, my eldest is 14, so he's, he's fairly independent. But I've got a 10-year-old. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, he, he witnessed me at my worst, although my husband tried to protect him. And, you know, he just needs me to come out the room and know that mum's okay. Yeah. Um, and so I thought no matter what happens, I checked with my GP friend, yes, you can come out, just, you know, keep social distancing. And I'm frantically, you know, anti-backing every, every surface that I touch. And it's weird. It, it's weird. I don't know how careful I need to be. I, I just, I don't know. I, so I'm, I, unlike you at the moment, I don't feel together at all. I feel, I feel probably more frightened than I ever have in my whole life. And you've known me for a long time and I've and you been don't, through an awful... Yeah, I you, don't scare easy. You don't. You really don't. So let's talk Talk to me from the beginning of this. I, mean, I think it, at times like this, it's really helpful for people to hear from the horse's mouth, people who have um, experienced this, this virus or they believe mm. to be this virus. Um, it's amazing that you're out of your bedroom. It's amazing that we're talking and that you are feeling mm. well enough to do that. But I know you've had it pretty pretty bad in terms of the symptoms I've been really surprised I became a vegan a year ago and have, have kind of shouted from the hilltop how fabulous my health is so I was one of those that thought I would it would breathe by me and it would be merely be a few aches and pains and then on Saturday evening uh, this was a week last Saturday so uh, seven eight nine days ago um, I started with a sore throat and aches and, and to be honest I just thought I was tired um, you know, I've been in the run-up to the release of this film. I'm working harder than I ever have. Two children, you know, the normal things that mm. mothers try to do. So I was out to dinner. Well, I was out, out at friend's house at dinner, and I did say, "Oh, I feel so tired. Are we hugging? Are we hugging?" We were all quite sensible, thank goodness. And then on Sunday, I woke up and I said to my husband, "I can't do rugby this morning. I just am exhausted, absolutely exhausted." And then by the afternoon. I seem to pick up a bit and, and my son was at rehearsals for his play and then there was a performance and then just through the second performance I noticed not massively a few coughs, that was it, just a few coughs. I didn't think, oh my God, I've, I've got symptoms. Mm. Sunday night, I was awful all through the night and just as a precaution, I said to my husband, go and sleep in the spare room. I'm probably overreacting, you know, I, I, I feel all right, but just as a precaution with everything else that's going on. So... He slept in the spare room. I had a dreadful night's sleep. By Monday morning, I was horrific in the sense that um, the aches and pains, the sore throat, but my cough was really pathetic. I thought, 
oh, it can't be. It just can't be. It's too pathetic. I'm just tired. Because when I'm tired, my glands come up. So Monday, we rode out Monday, and I just got worse and worse. And then uh, Tuesday, it, it just became increasingly worse. But the, In what the, way? Well, what are the symptoms? I mean, everybody talks about having really achy, achy bones and this terrible mm. sense of fatigue. Then there's the, the headache that people describe as being a pretty persistent symptom. The cough. Yeah. The problem is, I think it's so different for everybody. Mm. I think that that's the problem. For me, it was like uh, it was like progressively worse flu, but without a cold. So the body aches and pains. I didn't really suffer from the headache until the last stages. But once the cough came, I couldn't really think of anything else because the cough is so horrendous in the sense that it's just relentless, relentless. And, you know, I ended up vomiting because of it because you just cough, 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 cough. Um, and then on Saturday, and, and I never once thought I need to go to hospital because that's the problem. They say, don't come, don't come. I can ride this out. I can ride this out. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm riding it out. I've coughed horrendous, but I can cope, I can cope. But Saturday morning, I was at my worst, and I had a horrendous coughing fit, and then I was couldn't breathe, and then I was panicking, and then I was thinking, oh, my God, you've really got to get this under control because the problem is the more you panic, the more you cough, the more you can't breathe. Yeah. And my poor husband's coming up going, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. My son's going, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm like, I'm okay. And I could hear my husband going, yeah, yeah, he's just, just having a bit of a cough. Don't worry, don't worry. Anyway, after 10 minutes, I, I, I managed to get it under control, and my husband was like, you're going to have to ring 111. And it's the first time I thought, actually, I am, because I, I thought that one was okay, and I managed to calm it down. What happens if it happens again, and I can't calm it down? And I couldn't, and, and then I was getting really worked up. And this is not a criticism on the 11 service. This was midday on a Saturday, and I had my 11 on my phone. And after about two hours, I was so exhausted. I just said to my husband, I just I can't hang on anymore. I just need to sleep. I need to sleep. You've been and holding if, to speak to somebody for two hours. Yeah, I had, yeah. Um, That's that's frightening, isn't it? It is, but it was lunchtime Saturday. Then I slept and I felt a bit better. And I said to my husband, look, if it happens again, because I've not been sleeping through the night, waking up at daft hours, I said, look, if it happens again, I'll ring them when I wake up in the night because surely they're not going to be that busy. Um, But actually, as it happened, uh, things did improve and I made the right decision. Another thing as well, Kate, that's really upsetting, and you still get these keyboard warriors, and you think, why? I, you could, anybody that reads the article can see it's taken from my social media. And why do you have to be so cruel? And I don't know why. What, do you, well, how, People, what the way it's been reported, your illness? No, you no, the journalists did nothing but report what was on my social media and they were really accurate. But then... You know, there's one publication that allows people to make comments. And I don't know why I do it to my cupcakes. Don't <laughs> ever I read just... the comments, you nutter. Oh, my God. I know. And I haven't for years. Honestly, I could cry right now because I'm obviously really vulnerable because of what I've just been through. People are just horrid. Why? Why do they feel the need to be so personal? It's the people that comment about about the articles. And it's like... Do they forget that we are human beings and everything that's happened to people in in the public eye? Why are people being so mean? It's not all of the... Listen, you're talking about a small, small percentage of of the population. And and the the only emotion you should expend on these people is pity. Because I know. imagine, and, and I know you've imagine where your well, life must be at if that if you've got A the time and B, more importantly, the inclination 
to log on to a public forum and be cruel to somebody that has just been through a very severe and unknown, uh, frightening illness. You know, you have got to be a monumental asshole to do that. And you've been through enough. Tell me, how... Um, how have you handled this in terms of your children? I think initially my eldest was a bit like, well, I'm not ill. Why do I have to stay in? My youngest I'm probably more concerned about because he, by nature, is a much more of a worrier. But I think he's enjoying the homeschooling. I think he's enjoying having us all under one roof. So I think at the moment it's probably quite a novelty. And he's, he's you know, this afternoon we're in the garden taking pictures of spring that we're going to draw. And I think, you know, they do get undivided attention from us. Um, for him, I would definitely protect him and edit what he does and doesn't know. My eldest son is mature enough to understand the facts. And I think it's important. But they seem to be just trying to cope with the today and get to grasp with homeschooling and, and remote learning. Um, so in some ways, it's been good that they've had that distraction. How long that will last? I don't know. <laughs> um, just deal just deal with the here and now is, is, is kind mm. of my coping strategy mm. at the yeah. moment and trying to keep things calm and doing all that we can, which is nothing. We can do, the best thing we can do is nothing, just stay home. I feel entirely helpless. I wish I had a skill set that could be of some <sighs> use on the front line. Yeah. So we're not going to have wine today because you're not well enough. No. But I am going to hit you with some questions because Good. I think as much as people need to hear about what we're all doing to get through the here and now, I think sometimes yeah. just a regular conversation is also pretty good too. So are yeah. you ready for uh, question yeah. number one? I think there's no question that when we all come out of this, we're all going to have reevaluated and changed how we live. Some people might think, I want to do something else for a living, might want to live somewhere else. It might change the way that you think about things, your perspectives. So I just wondered, what do you think are some of the changes you've, you will have made by the time we come out of this that you'll carry forward into your regular life? Well, I saw something on social media about open university courses. And yeah. honestly, up until seeing it, I was thinking, oh, I haven't got time for that. But of course, our world as we know it is on pause and the children, once they're up and running with their remote learning, hopefully will be a bit more independent. So I, for one, am definitely going to try and do an open university course in computers. Are you? And because I started producing the work that I'm in now, I'm finding that that kind of skill set is something that I need more and more. And I don't like relying on other people. I, I, I've always been the kind of person that if you want a job doing, either learn to do it yourself or do it yourself. So yeah. uh, <laughs> there is no know, or, just do it yourself. No, there is no. Well, I realise that as I said or. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I, you know, producing a break, which uh, I know we'll probably go on to talk about. Uh, yes, podcast, we will. Um, I, I, I've learned, you know, my lovely producing partner, Dean Fisher, sometimes they only go, oh, Dean, you're going to have to do this. It, it's technical and I can't. I don't like that about myself. So I, I've always been the type of um, person that self teaches whether it be acting or presenting and then I go to people to fill in the gaps and I feel with my computer skills now I need to fill in the gaps and I think this might be a good time to do it so that is definitely something I'm going to well, look at. You, and, babe. Yeah, let, let well, me talk but, to you about the producing because yeah. I am mm. well as a mate I am yeah. like bursting with pride over what you've oh, achieved so you. having acted and presented um, yeah. you went into producing and you you cut your teeth as a producer with live stage shows 
tours. I did. Mm-hmm. And then you got the money together and the backing. And this is no mean feat. And you can explain to me what actually it, all of that entails. Getting the finance together to get a, a film made and cast. And we were at the point where how many weeks away were we from going to your premiere? Oh, my God. We were about six weeks from the premiere, weren't we? <laughs> the film's oh, no. called The Break. It's called Break. It's called Break. Break. Yep. Not The Break. Just Break. Um, talk me through how you went from being on our screens to being the person that that brings about what we see on our screens as a producer? Um, I, I, I started getting to the point where I stood backstage or I saw the final cut in something and I thought, oh, this could be so much better if dot, 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 dot. And, and you know, I, I kept finding myself saying that and I thought, you know what, instead of moaning about it, why don't you do something about it and take control and take it into your own hands? So I spoke to a director that I'd worked with in another play and, and I really loved the way she directed and then we were trying to find a play together that we could produce and put on and eventually we decided to go to her husband to write it. So that became a tour that we toured uh, in Wales about the Aberfan disaster and actually the, the writer went on to be nominated for an Olivia. Wow. So I was super proud to be a part of that at the beginning and then I, direct, uh, I produced a short film with Jeremy Edwards Yes, who used to be your husband in Hollyoaks. He did. He used to be my husband in Hollyoaks. And he'd sent me some stuff because Jesse writes and does different things. And he asked me to edit. And I was like, oh, Jeff, I'm not sure I can. He went, babe, every note you've given me so far makes perfect sense. So he probably was responsible for giving me the the final impetus I needed to take control. And a vote of confidence, right? Sometimes you need other people to see in you what you don't see in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So I produced his short called The Lock-In and that was the only thing that I produced that I wasn't in. And I did it because I love jazz and we worked with all our mates. At the moment, I'm in a position where I would only really produce stuff that I'm in, not because I want it to be the Terry Dwyer show. I don't give myself the star in world. It's because I'm not ready to hang up my acting boots yet. So I was approached on Twitter actually, by Michael Elkin, who is the writer-director of Break. And he said, I've written you a part of my film. And, I, you know, you're a little bit blasé because this still happened. Oh, can I send you this script? And, and I try and give everybody time, Kate, because I was there once. And I yeah. think we... As, oh, that's as so important, that, Terry, isn't it? Could, it really know, is. You know, with, Don't be that person that doesn't respond, that doesn't answer no, an email. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Why do people not respond to emails? It's so rude. It's Even so if rude. It's, I'm busy. I'm busy, I'll come back. We're all busy. Um, just just say, I'll get back to you soon. Exactly. Just, just don't ignore people. Yeah. So I always read everything I'm sent. And so um, I said to him, look, I will read it, but I'm in the middle of something. I probably won't get to it for two or three weeks. Then I had something cancelled and I read it. And oh my God, I couldn't put it down. I was reading it, reading it. And I rang him and I said, oh my God, this is amazing. So I, tell me about I the premise of the, the story is because it's quite hard hitting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Break is Rocky with a snooker cue. So it's about a kid who's been brought up in a council estate. His dad's in prison. He's dealing drugs. His best friend gets stabbed. But he's a really gifted snooker player. So Rocky with a snooker cue. You know, it's that rags to riches, <laughs> sliding door moment. Is he going to break away from the negative influences of his life? Which is really hard, Kay. If you've been, if you've been born into that second, third generation of life, yeah. to break away from all those roots, that have been, you know, kind of put into you from a really young, early age. It, it takes a hell of a character. Yeah. Um, and that's what breaks about. And so um, Michael and I started getting on really well. We went, actually, babe, would you 
would you consider producing that? I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. And then the first thing I did was bring on uh, a very old dear friend of mine, Dean Fisher, who I've known for 20 years and always thought that he would give me a job, not the other way around. Oh, isn't um, that nice though to be able to give a mate a job? Yeah, oh, that, I really try hard to do that because I like, there's, you know, there's a lot of people in this business case that have fallen by the wayside, not because they're not talented, it's because they might not have the, the, you know, be able to sell themselves in the way somebody else can or a bit of angel dust, um, you know, a lady luck on their side or something like that. So I do try and, you know, give friends a job. Yes. Anyway, so um, we got on very well and I brought Dean and I also knew Dean would teach me and not be tempted to just use me as a producer in name only and boy did he teach me I proper got all the grunt jobs and the runt jobs and, um, <laughs> but they're great because so, yeah. you, you have to know or you have to find solutions to every problem when you're producing because the buck stops with yes. you right so you've got to, it, it you've is, got to do everything yeah. <laughs> and I found out actually the biggest growth comes from the worst situation yeah so when things go horribly wrong that's really when you learn and you grow as, as a human being and and as a producer and um, we we had you know we, we raised the money we lost the money so we were three weeks on principal photography the first time around and the money fell through and for 48 hours we're all like oh my god oh my god we can't do this can't do this and the two boys wanted to give up and for 48 hours I was just walking around shaking my head and then I thought no no, we are not giving up. And I was like, nope, we're, we're going again. And we raised all the money from the ground up again. Um, and and we made the film, which wow. is great, which has Rutger Hauer. So it's Rutger Hauer's last film before sadly he, he passed. I realised I sounded a bit excited about that. I'm not excited that he passed away. I'm excited that we got the opportunity to work with somebody who was really a Hollywood legend. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people remember Rutger from Hitcher and he was in Batman Begins and all these plays were all really, yeah, massive, iconic, yeah. iconic actor. Um, so we're really proud to have his last performance. Um, but there's, four, there's really four parts to making a film, which I never understood. There's raising the money, there's That's making huge. the film, there's post-production of the film and mm. the stage that we're in now, which is selling the film. In the middle of COVID-19. So what's going to happen with it now? Because it was supposed to be in cinemas in, what, six weeks' time? Yeah, well, (coughs) I think um, we are partners because it does have a back office snooker, but it does appeal to lots of people. It's an an urban urban thriller. You know, we've got Adam Deacon in it. It's really lots of... I love Adam Deacon. That's a good bit of casting. So to answer your question about what will happen with break, we are partners with World Snooker who have just postpone their uh, World Snooker Championship. So we are just waiting for them to release their new date. And then, because Break will have a cinematic tour, it will, uh, before it goes to home end. So we're just waiting for them to announce their date and we will just slightly move it a few months because, of course, we we don't want to put people in harm's way. I know you really kindly said you will come and I was so excited to be seeing you. Hopefully you'll be free to come to the... the, 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 the Damn right I will. So, yeah, so th- we've got Break, which is now in the selling process. I've got another... Uh, it's actually a trilogy of films that I'm just in the process of raising money for the first one. And then there's another film that is in development. That, so that's kind of the order. I've got Break selling, I've got the trilogy we're raising, and then another one that I'm developing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I wanted to talk about loss because it's something we've touched on in the past. We've spoken about you losing both of your parents at a very young age. And obviously right now there are many people around the world who are dealing with grief. And I just wondered if it's not too dark, if you could share with me your coping strategies that got you through such huge, enormous losses in your life. Yeah, well, I was, I was 22 when I lost mum and 30 when I lost dad. So, you know, relatively young and um, devastating at the time. And I think because it's parents, it's... There's always reminders. I think even going through this now, you know, not having those two people in your life that love you unconditionally. I think the old cliche that time is a great healer is is very true. But I think unlike anything else, people are going to be going through a great loss together. Um, So there will be solace in, in other people's situations being likened to your own. But I think the sad thing here is that, you know, it's the whole, the funerals, you're not going to be able to celebrate their life, which I found really cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, people always think funerals are a, a really sad place, and they are, you know, in the church and the crematorium or whatever decision you've made. But the, the wake after or the celebration of life, I always found to be a really uplifting, wonderful experience because you've got all these people in a room talking about the person that you've loved and lost. So I would definitely say when this is under control, and if you can't do that now, that is definitely something that you should do because those those stories that you may not have mm. known about your parents or, or, or the person that you've lost, they're the things that carry you through. Even now, I was at a funeral not long ago, and my dad's best friend was there. And even again, just hearing stories of those two, and it just kind of carries me on that little bit further. Um, so I found that great comfort and allowing yourself yeah, those I think, moments. I think you're, oh God, I hadn't even thought of that, Terry. And you're so right. What people are going mm. through now, and not the, the not being able to say goodbye, that the, no. only, the only public gatherings are funerals. 
and it's five people or less, I believe. It may be I know. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? But, you know, we're not going to be here forever, Kate. We, you know, Boris is saying if, if we all, you know, be tough right now, 12 weeks' time, we could be through it. And I know 12 weeks in a grieving process is, a, is an awful long time, but you deserve, that person will deserve to have that celebration of life. Mm. And it is a beautiful thing. So I would definitely do that. I think the worrying thing about this, because there are going to be such huge losses, you don't want that individual person to almost become part of that statistic. So, mm. as, a, as a, you know, as a family, you're not going to want that because they were, they were special to you and they should always remain special. It's just right now, the, the send-off that you will need to give them needs to be put on hold. Um, I think that's really important. And also, we're such a stoic nation aren't we and i am that person as well but crying is the biggest healer as well you know it's like it, it, it's a pressure cooker isn't it and and for me it comes out slowly because that's what i could handle uh certainly with my dad's passing i i i couldn't i didn't drink for a year because i knew i couldn't control my emotions and even now you know i i have moments and my dad think you know my parents have been gone a long time but mm. when i'm vulnerable and things the tough gets going. I still, it's always in my car. Um, but, Is it? You know, they're my, yeah, I think it's because I am a really, really private person. And whilst I think it's very healthy for my boys to see me cry, it's always something I want to do privately. Um, and it's always in my car. I might be driving or the song comes on and I remember my dad or my mum. I think a lot of us do that. It's, it's, it's quite often when you're a mum who, who works. Uh, yeah. or a parent who works rather, not just mums, the, the car is probably your only alone time, that, the shower and the toilet, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. And you're too busy in the shower and the toilet, you haven't got time to stay there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but a car, yeah, you're right. It's a moment of reflection and contemplation, isn't it? That's part of the healing process for me mm. it, and a really important part. So um, people are just going to have to, you know, I guess to a degree, think about, in 12 weeks time it's going to be really tough it really is and I, I my heart goes out to everybody that has lost or is going to lose somebody and as we know the, the figures are going, going to be huge aren't they yeah. I think we've all got to just be mindful of ourselves our children our social distancing because that is ultimately what's going to save us and we, we, we are all at risk we are I think people are more at more risk but, you know, COVID, like you said earlier, there are no borders and there's no gender divide or, 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 or race divide. It, we are very vulnerable. And I, I, I hope that in 12 weeks we are seeing the back of this and we go, oh, my God, thank God. Thank God it's behind us. And, and then people can start mourning their loved ones. You wake up tomorrow, I wish, Yeah. and this is all over. The world is healed. You can go out, you can do anything you like with anyone you like. So talk me through your first day back in the land of living normally. I will wake up and I will cry my eyes out and mm. with, with happiness that it's all bloody over because it's a nightmare. And then I will get on the phone and I will ring all the people that I love and invite them around for a massive party. Yeah. 
And we will be celebrating and raising a glass to whatever we need to raise a glass. And we will hug and kiss and love each other and thank whatever God or, or belief system you have that we made it through. Because I think it's really important to tell the people you love that you love them. And, and if anything, and I'm quite emotional at the moment, I think it's just because of you know, nine days in bed and, and, and feeling very poorly. But I do feel like I need to ring all my family and friends and just declare and define love for them. <laughs> and, would, you know, and well, do you know what? That, that There's nothing wrong with that. That is a beautiful thing. And if, if that's if that's the one positive that's come out of you being poorly, then that is a positive, right? It's about that, that affirmation of who's important, why they're important, mm. and you've got to tell them why because you love them I mean, so much. I, I am pretty. I am pretty good at that anyway. And I, and that came from losing my parents because, you know, my mum, for all differences we did, I mean, I was only 22 when mum died. So we were still very much, my mum didn't know anything. And I was, a, you know, slightly cocky thinking I knew it all. But there was never a lack of love. And she taught me that if you love someone, you make sure you tell them. They know how you feel about them because you never know when they're not going to be there that you can't tell them. Yeah. So I've always been like that, but I'm just feeling that love probably. In fact, there's a good friend of mine when I've had a few drinks, she'll go, all right, Terry, how much do you love me? Is it time to tell me yet? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Anything. You're the hugger. Yes. I love, I I love, hugger I love a love-bombing, hugging drunk. Absolutely. I really do. To be, to be no illusion, I don't throw it around willy-nilly. If I love you, I love you deeply. And if I don't, I don't misuse those words. Yeah. No, they're too important, especially at a time like this. So yeah. so your first day of, of life as we used to know it is your doors are flung open, everybody's Absolutely. in, the booze yeah. is flowing, the food is everywhere, the kids, um, I, I would imagine, are there as well, yeah? yeah? Yeah, all kids, families, everyone. I think we'll have a lot of catching up to do, a lot of, you know, cuddling, and thank God it's all over. I'd like to be saying something very profound but for me my friends and family are my world and as long as I've got them and our relationships are happy and full I feel like I can take on the world because actually then anything else that you experience it's always much more beautiful when you've got people that you love to share it with that's all I want to do is I just want a flood of, of love in the form of the human beings that matter most to me with the sun shining overhead and food on our table then, and drink in our hands. But then aren't we lucky that we can sit here and have a conversation knowing that your garden or my house will be full of those kinds of people. And it's times like this when you A, realise how important they are, but B, have even more empathy for those people that aren't as lucky as we yeah. are. And I feel like I need to contribute to doing something about that. I just don't know what that is yet for so long we've been saying we've got to cut emissions we've got to stop deforestation we've got to do this and there's always an economic argument as to why we can't and it's a Mm. bit like the planet's gone oh so you won't stop right well hold my beer and watch this yes (laughs) i know i was looking out the other day when i came out my bedroom and i was just looking out the window thinking wow we may think we've got it all sorted but wow mother nature Mother Nature has the ability to put our lives on pause. Maybe it's time for pause reflection and people understanding that actually you don't need to travel all the time to work, that we are learning now ways to carry on. Not for everybody, obviously, but for some. Mm. There has to be lessons out of this. And darling, will you promise me that you're going to just take care of yourself now? 
I am. Thank you very much. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing you at the premiere. I'm going to be there. The and do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to touch your face and I'm going to kiss it all over because I can. Oh, and I can't wait. And hopefully we'll have some other people we love there that we can do the same to. Absolutely. God, we're going to be so giddy. It'll be like a pack of hyenas. I know. Um, and break, Break's going to be available in cinemas later this year. And if it people is. want more information, they can follow Break UK Film on Instagram and Facebook and we yeah. will pop it up on our social media as well for regular listeners and uh, for those listening if you want to follow us and you aren't already why are you not uh, we are <laughs> at White Wine QT on Insta and Twitter and on Friday nights at 8 o'clock we're going to be holding listening parties on Twitter so you're very welcome to join in Terry if you've got nothing better to do and let's face it I will who there. has <laughs> <laughs> um, oh thank you Kate. get back to bed and you look after yourself so that was this week's White Wine Question Time. I hope there's something in there for you to take away, decipher, learn, love. As always, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, here in South London with Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo UK in Kent. And editing is by Callum Goddard-Mucklow, who's somewhere off the A3. Music is by Andy Bell. His back catalogue is available on iTunes and Spotify. And don't forget, on Friday nights at 8 o'clock, we're going to be holding Twitter parties. Uh, So do come and join us if you can. Until then, please stay safe, stay sane, and for the love of God, stay in. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.